Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with David and Tim Barton, and we are taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. I'm Rick Green, and guys, listen, hot topics of the day. Talk about a hot day. To be talking about a hot topic, election day is upon us, guys. This is it, man. A lot of work has gone into leading up to today, and we're encouraging everybody, get out and vote. If you get there at 6.59 and 55 seconds, they got to let you stay in line and vote. And even if you had to wait 10 hours after that, which nobody's going to have to do that, but even if you had to wait hours, think of all the sacrifices people have made for you to be able to do that. David and Tim, I'm excited about tonight. It's going to be fun to watch these returns come in. Yeah, and it's just worth noting as we're doing this, guys, it is before any election results have come in. Uh, just depending on when somebody listens, if they're listening and thinking, guys, we already know things are happening. Well, no, right now, as we are doing this program, no election results have come in. And for those who maybe want to track election results with us, we're going to be on the Victory Network tonight. All three of us will be on the Victory Network and we'll be doing live results as they come in. It'll start at 6 p.m. Central Time and we will go until uh, we are too tired to continue on. It could go to until 12, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And so if you want to follow along, you can find the Victory Network. Uh, it's, it's available in lots of places. Uh, we'll have links to it on the Wall Builders website, uh, trying to give information to that as well. With that being said, it, it will be very interesting to see what happens. And, and, and something that right now, kind of big picture projections are Republicans are going to take the House and it's going to be big. The Senate is where there's a lot more question marks, although it definitely uh, it seems that Republicans might pick up enough to have a one or two seat uh, majority at, at the minimum. But guys, what, what's super interesting to me is how many of these now even governor races are in play where presumably, right, if you looked at somewhere like a New York or like an Oregon, nobody would have thought prior to the last couple of months that those could be in play. But as we have seen how bad the Democrat policies have been, and when, when you look at kind of your bread and butter issues, when you look at, at how much it costs to fill up your car with a tank of gas, when you're looking at how much it costs you to buy your groceries, and not to mention, when you look at the crime issues happening in a lot of these major Democrat cities or these Democrat-controlled states, when, when you've seen a lot of these issues, it's caused a lot of people to begin to question and second guess where they want to send their support. And so estimates are there's a large portion of the black population that is is leaving the Democrat Party going to vote Republican. A, a large portion of the Hispanic population that had previously voted Democrat is going to vote Republican. It, it could be a very, very interesting night, although we think it'll be a long night. A, a lot of interesting stuff could be happening here in the next couple of hours. There's a lot at stake for sure, but I think this more than any election that I recall in my adult lifetime is focused on really a worldview difference. I've never seen ads run in elections like I've seen this. I've never seen uh, certain issues come. I mean, Tim, you mentioned crime. So many cities are on that. And that shows to be one of the top two or three issues in most polls on what voters are thinking. But it's interesting that that if you look at the, the governor in, in New York, Kathy Hochul, three times now she's doubled down and said, no, the Republicans are trying to make crime an issue. That, that's not an issue. And she's really backed away from crime being a problem, even though polling shows it to be really high. And on the other side, we've seen just poll after poll. And I've watched, I've been in so many states in recent weeks, and I see the ads being run nationally by Democrats, and they're saying, oh, this is such a radical Republican. He doesn't believe in women's right to choose. And, and they're they're targeting Republicans for not being 100% abortion right up to the 
the moment of birth. And, and 72% of the nation says, we don't think you should have abortions in the, in the eighth and ninth month, et cetera. And so the Democrats have really staked out some positions that would appear to be only a very small minority of the nation agreeing with. And yet they're really hanging on to those issues as bellwether issues. And one of the things, too, I think has been interesting, guys, is we've seen a lot of these ads that have been coming out uh, and the position that so many of these Democrat leaders have taken where you have been in power in some of these states or even like President Biden. Right. If if you've been in the White House for two years now, the Democrats have had control of the House and the Senate for two years. What you would generally do is you would run on what you have accomplished. You would say, look at what we've done. And it really kind of goes back to the Ronald Reagan question of is your life better now And if it is, vote for us. Well, the reason they're intentionally staying away from that question, they're not promoting any of the things they've accomplished because they haven't accomplished anything that they can really brag about and take credit for that have helped the American people, that have made America safer, that have made Americans' lives better, that have helped us financially to move forward. And so ultimately what they're saying, and these are the top issues I've seen, is we've heard different people campaigning saying democracy is at stake, right? If Republicans win, then democracy in America is over, which first of all, we're not a democracy. We are a republic. We are a constitutional republic. However, I understand the argument they're making, and I don't agree with it. It's ridiculous. But what they're trying to do is a fear tactic and say, if Republicans get in power, then democracy is forever gone. And then the abortion issue, Dad, as you mentioned, is one that they are are running on, thinking abortion might be a winning issue. And as you pointed out, it's really not a winning issue with the vast majority of American people because of how extreme the Democrat position is with this pro-death idea, that this child murder idea that we, we've seen some people advocate that even after the child is born, born, there still ought to be the option to kill the child. So it's it's utterly evil, but this is where Democrats largely are running. And again, we're hearing them say things like, well, Trump is bad. And if Republicans take charge, it's going to be more of what you had under Trump and more Trump. And so instead of having a philosophical position, instead of advocating for things they've accomplished, all they're doing is fear tactics and saying Republicans are so bad and evil that we can't afford to let them have control and power. It, it is very revealing of what they think they have accomplished, even from their own perspective. Because if they thought they'd accomplished something, they would promote what they thought they'd accomplished. The fact they're not promoting what they thought they've accomplished says that they really, they don't even believe they've accomplished anything. So why in the world would you allow them to maintain power when for two years, all they've done is do things that damage the American people, that damage America, and and arguably with what President Biden has done, even on a world stage, he's damaging nations and people around the world. This is something that hopefully the American people don't buy into, but it's interesting to see the narrative coming from the Democrats, the way they're posturing themselves as, as them against their opponents in this election. Yeah, it's really strange that they have pushed the nation into making a choice of fundamental values. I mean, in previous elections, you might have a debate over, well, Republicans want a 2% tax increase and Democrats want a 47% tax increase. None of that is going on. I mean, it literally is over bellwether kind of issues, uh, polling that, that we've seen even on the election day. Uh, only 19% of the nation is not concerned about the economy. 81% is. Well, I'll tell you what, that means Democrats, Republicans, and independents, but you're not hearing that address from the candidates. They're not talking about those issues. So they have pushed the nation into a choice that really is, I don't think it's going to work out well for them. Uh, we have certainly seen in the last two weeks, we have seen so many bellwether indicators turning against Democrats. Um, it just even a month ago, DeSantis was in a neck and neck race with Charlie Chris, and now it looks like DeSantis is going to walk away with this thing. It's not even going to be close. 
Uh, two weeks ago, you had Kemp in a neck-and-neck neck race with Stacey Abrams, and it looks like he's going to have a double-digit win. So we're seeing things change all over the nation in the last two weeks. That does raise a question, too, though, guys, of how much can we trust the polls and what we've seen? Because if right, if we're looking at someone like DeSantis, who's been a rock star literally since before COVID, and COVID only made him more of a rock star, the idea that that Charlie Crist was going to legitimately challenge him, it, it it just makes me more skeptical of the polls, and maybe uh, there's a he- healthy skepticism in that. Maybe the skepticism can even go back to uh, 2016, the President Trump's uh, first election bid, and and how wrong some of those polls were. Uh, maybe it's a healthy skepticism, but I just I struggle to to think that these polls are going to be accurate in lots of areas and lots of ways because of how wrong they have been for the last six years at minimum. You know, I, one of the things that we've talked about is over the last four elections, the polling has been so absolutely atrocious, and yet the pollsters have not made efforts to adjust. And we don't see any visible efforts made to, to change the way they, they do their measurements, the way they do calculations. And so I do not trust polls this time at all. What I'm finding interesting and what I, I do tend to trust more is where I see people putting their money. And in the case of Republican uh, Congressional Committee, the Republican Senatorial Committee, the Democrat Senatorial Committee, the Democrat Congressional Committee, uh, we're seeing them that in, in places that are considered to be kind of neck and neck races in the national polling, we're seeing Democrats pull all their money out of those races and go elsewhere. So that tells me they think they've already lost those races. They've got polling that I think is much more accurate. Same on the Republican side when New Hampshire did not appear to be in play at all. You had the Republican Senatorial Committee put 20 through actually 32 million into that New Hampshire Senate race when everybody else said it's over and done with. And so I think that those are much more accurate polls. And the other one I'd point to is just Las Vegas betting, Las Vegas gambling, uh, where they're betting on winners and losers. That has been a much more accurate indicator who's going to win or lose than than the polling has been for sure. Well, and the, the only pushback I would add to that is there's been places where Mitch McConnell pulled money out because he didn't like the candidate. Yeah. And it's not because those candidates didn't have a chance to win because right now we're seeing some of the candidates like a J.D. Vance. Yeah. Mitch McConnell didn't like J.D. Vance and he didn't want to put money into J.D. Vance. But J.D. Vance looks like he very likely will win that Senate seat. And so even though I fundamentally agree with what you're saying, that you can follow the money and see where the Democrats and Republican, their, their national committees actually think that they might win or might lose because they don't want to pour money in if they think they're going to lose, there is a little bit of an asterisk yeah, with that. That there have been times that Mitch McConnell, because these people wouldn't pledge allegiance blindly to Republican leadership, they said, no, we, we know what our state cares about. We know what the issues are. And we're running on principle. We're not running just to join a team and going to do whatever the team says, regardless of principle. And, and that did cause Mitch McConnell to move some money on occasion. Yeah. So I'm only saying that because there is a little bit of asterisk with a couple of races. Nonetheless, generally speaking, I think you're right. When you're seeing the Democrat National Committee pulling money out of states where had been Democrat strongholds and there's a significant challenger and they're not even putting money in to help maintain that Democrat position. It's because they, they're they kind of seeing the handwriting on the wall to some level, to some extent. And so that's something that certainly we can, more than the polling at times, identify that they think that's a lost cause or a lost race because they don't want to waste money on that thinking they can't win. If I could take you guys back to what you were saying about how kind of the rhetoric of the Democrats at this point. There was a time when 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 you went scorched earth like that, and you said things like what they have been saying, uh, that it backfired and, and people considered you crazy and they considered you going too far. And, and I think we're getting some of that. I think they miscalculated, like you were saying, David, I think they, they gambled. They were hoping that that would uh, cause, you know, a, a, a bump for them, for them, but it's really backfiring. It just seems like it was so hateful and so 
dismissive of half the country that it actually brought brought a bunch of people that were in the middle going, man, this is not what I want in my leaders uh, to say, hey, we need, a, we need a change. Do you guys sense the same thing? I mean, it seemed like to me it went too far. Well, I think they went too far, but here's what strikes me. Usually when you go too far, it shows up in your internal studies and you start changing your rhetoric. These guys have been doubling down, yeah. which tells me that not only have they gone too far, this is what they genuinely believe at their core. You know, Jesus tells us uh, in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the fact that these guys are not backing off this, they're doubling down on it, tells me that in their little echo chamber, this is what they genuinely believe, even though most Americans overwhelmingly oppose it. And I think we'll see those results tonight. I think we'll see a real repudiation uh, of the administration and what Congress has been doing. But these guys are not backing away from that. It's not like they want to win. It's like, this is what we really believe. And surely everybody else agrees with us. No, Surely nobody's so crazy as to believe life should be protected as an unborn. Surely nobody. And that's what, I, that's what strikes me as different this time is normally when when you go to this rhetoric and it starts backfiring, you see them change their rhetoric and come up with different mantras, different different lines. You're not seeing that. You're seeing these guys double down and defend it, which is just politically inexplicable, except I think it spiritually tells you exactly what they do believe. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's Election Day, folks. Make sure that you are getting out to vote. Tell your friends and family. Post online the folks that you're voting for, because a lot of people just don't know So you can help nudge them in the right direction, and you can be a force multiplier in that way. Get in line before 7 o'clock tonight and stay in line as long as you got to. This is so huge. Make sure that you're a part of it. You do not want to wake up tomorrow and go, ah, I forgot, or oh, I wish I had done that. No, do your part today. Make sure you go vote. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wall Builders. Hey guys, we want to let you know about a new resource we have at Wall Builders called The American Story. For so many years, people have asked us to do a history book to help tell more of the story that's just not known or not told today. And we would say very providentially in the midst of all of the new attacks coming out against America, whether it be from things like the 1619 Project that say America is evil and everything in America was built off slavery, which is certainly not true, or things like even the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization itself, not not the statement Black Lives Matter, but the organization that says we're against everything that America was built on and this is part of the Marxist ideology. There's so many things attacking America. Well, is America worth defending? What is a true story of America? We actually have written and told that story. Starting with Christopher Columbus, going roughly through Abraham Lincoln, we tell the story of America not as the story of a perfect nation or a perfect people, but the story of how God used these imperfect people and did great things through this nation. It's a story you want to check out. Wallbuilders.com, The American Story. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. We're looking at everything from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective, including the election, which means when you vote today, make sure that you're voting biblically, that you're thinking about the historical impact and learning from history, and that you're voting for candidates that will defend the Constitution. David and Tim, uh, you know, let's just hit that for just for a second. Let's talk duty and responsibility for those that might think, eh, my vote doesn't count or I don't have time or, you know, it's going to get stolen or it doesn't matter. All the candidates the same. I mean, let's get rid of all of that nonsense in just a couple of minutes here. What would you guys say to the person that's thinking, "Eh, I'm not going to vote. It's really not going to make a difference. Uh, Not that I believe this, but I'm going to tell you, if we knew that every single machine was 100 percent rigged, 
we still have a duty and responsibility to vote. Now, I don't think that's yeah. true. I, I think that is not true. We have more poll watchers in place this election than any in my lifetime. There's been a concerted effort to really get election integrity. But even if I knew that the election was rigged, I'm still going to vote because my duty to God is to do everything I can to ensure that we have a good stewardship of the nation. So I'm not going to use the excuse, well, it's all rigged. They already have it figured out. I'm not going to go vote. That won't hold up. When you stand before God and he says, hey, I I gave you a vote in that election, what'd you do with it? Well, I didn't do anything with it. That's not a good scenario. So I I go back to voting is a duty. It's not a privilege. It is a duty. It is an obligation. It is a responsibility. I firmly believe that just as God gave us the family and God gave us the church, God also gave us civil government. We will answer to him for what happens to our family. We'll answer to him for what happens in our congregation. We will also answer to him for what happens in our government. And we're the stewards of that government. So I think that's a huge issue. The other one is, I think it was John Adams who talked about how that you you don't want to do something that's going to cause posterity to curse you. We don't want our our grandkids looking up and says, I can't believe you gave the country away 10 years ago. You had an opportunity to do something good. And now look where we are 10 years later because you guys didn't do anything that election. I think posterity has a right to look at us and say, why didn't you stop it when you could have? Why didn't you fix it when you could have? Why didn't you make it better when you could have? So I think those are duties that we owe regardless of what our beliefs are. Well, and I would add too, as, as Dad, you mentioned, maybe people think that the election might be rigged because of a voting machine. Well, let's say that you live in New York or California and you're not worried about the machine. You're worried about being outnumbered by millions of people who think differently than you do. It's the same reality. It doesn't change what your job or your role is. And let's also point out that New York, for example, right? People never would have thought just a year or two ago that New York might have a Republican governor and replace a a Democrat governor who's done all kinds of crazy things. And yet, this is why it does make a difference that we get involved in the process and that we help educate our friends. We lead our friends along the way. Because when you do have enough good people get involved, you can turn things around, even at times what seems to be an insurmountable mountain or this this unwinnable battle. The reality is we need to engage in these situations. There's a lot of historic examples we can point to where the little guy came out on top. And, and, and we don't necessarily have to go that direction to understand that, as you pointed out, this notion of duty. But we can point to a lot of Bible verses that would give a same and a similar indication which, first of all, it really does go back to having a biblical worldview. If you have a biblical worldview, you believe the Bible applies to everything we do in life. It's what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And, and as he, Paul explains this to Timothy, he gets to verse 17 where he says that the reason we have the word of God is that the, the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is supposed to apply to everything we do, whether we are the uh, a husband, a wife, a, a son, a daughter, right? The, the man, the woman, whatever it is, if we are the employer, if we are the employee, if we are in education, if we are in the medical arena, if we're in the business arena, the word of God applies to what we do. And among the many things that it applies to of what we do, we know that we've been called to be that, as you mentioned, civically responsible. Well, it's interesting if you read the Gospels, how often Jesus taught in his parables, he said, the kingdom of heaven is just like this. And then he would tell a story that would illustrate a a spiritual truth with a, a practical reality. But so often when Jesus taught parables, he taught about a master who entrusted something to his servants and then held the servants responsible and accountable for what they had done with what they've been given. Well, in America, we have been given 
a nation. We've, we've been given freedom. We've been given a constitution and we've been given the ability and opportunity to vote. And the way that we vote does determine what's going to happen in the future of the nation. And if we keep looking at the Bible in Proverbs 14, 34, it tells us that righteousness exalts a nation. So, so what makes a nation great? Righteousness. Well, well, how can a nation be righteous? Well, based on the policies of that nation. If you have a nation that says it's acceptable to, to murder children after they've been born, well, that is so ungodly of a policy that, that certainly your nation is not going to be blessed with that policy, but your policies can determine the blessings of God on that nation because righteousness exalts a nation to go even further in Proverbs. In Proverbs 29, 2, it says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. So when you have godly leaders, man, life is good. When you have ungodly leaders, it makes the people groan. Well, nobody needs hearing aids to hear all the groaning that's been going on the last two plus years in this nation, and it's because of ungodly leaders. Well, why do we have ungodly leaders? Because they were elected, and the only way you get godly leaders is to elect them. So we have an opportunity with our vote to elect godly leaders so that we can rejoice and not groan, and so that we will have godly policies so that we as a nation can enjoy God's blessings from doing things God's way. And I'm going to emphasize uh, again, this is all mentality driven. That what's Tim talking about, what I'm talking about, you got to have the right mentality on this. Now, I'll just say quite frankly, if I was living in Washington, D.C., there might be no other voting entity anywhere in the nation that's more hostile to my values. I think Washington, D.C. votes 97% liberal progressive Democrat. I don't care. If I'm in Washington, D.C., I'm still going to vote. I, I, I can't sway an election. I'm not going to make a difference. But you know what? I've given God an opportunity to reward me for being faithful, to bless me for doing the right thing. It's just doing the right thing. And we have to get away from whether we think we're going to win or lose. It's not about winning or losing, although if we do the right thing, we will end up with the right results. It really is about obedience. And this is where obedience is better than sacrifice, we're told in the Bible. You got to do the right thing just because it's the right thing. Well, and Dad, as you mentioned, it's worth clarifying. If we do the right thing, we get the right results. Well, it does depend on how we define right results because because we might all vote and not have the outcome we want. But one of the things... Back up historically, there, there's so many fun examples we can point to, but in the American Revolution, for example, in the American Revolution, there's more than 250 battles in the American Revolution, battles, skirmishes, right? I mean, it kind of depends on how we define this, but if you look big picture, there's more than 250 battles. George Washington was only part of 17 battles in the American Revolution, and he only won six battles. In fact, the Americans lost the majority of the battles in the American Revolution, and yet we ended up winning the war. And here's what's significant about this is the American Revolution lasted for years and years and years and hundreds of battles. Just because you win a battle doesn't mean you lose the war. You don't lose the war unless you quit fighting the battles. If we are looking at the nation, we didn't get in this problem overnight. So to imagine we can solve these problems overnight is pretty unrealistic. What we need to do is get a better long-term focus and say, you know what, we're going to start engaging these battles and we're going to fight battle after battle after battle until we finally win the war. And this is the, some of the cool things we're already seeing where parents getting involved at school boards. We're starting to win some of these battles at school boards. We're starting to win some of these battles at city council and mayor. And guys, we think tonight we're probably going to win some major battles when it comes to the U.S. Senate, when it comes to Congress, when it even comes to governors. And to remind everybody listening, if you want to follow along with live election coverage, you can go uh, to the Victory Network and we will be doing all three of us on tonight doing live election coverage 
keeping you up to date as things are happening. But definitely, as Rick pointed out, go vote and make sure you are praying. Pray all day long. Pray that God exposes people that are trying to do uh, corrupt, unjust things and pray that godliness and righteousness will be restored in this nation. ChristianVoterGuide.com, folks, if you haven't uh, you know, looked up the candidates, if you're thinking, ah, I hear you guys, now I'm feeling guilty, I know I need to go vote, but I haven't done any homework, it's not too late. In fact, you could literally start driving to the polls right now, and while you're, no, wait, not while you're driving. Once you get there, get your phone out and look up ChristianVoterGuide.com, start scrolling through, looking at all those candidates, and you'll get some good advice on uh, on all of those races. So you guys nailed it. I mean, this is up and down the ballot, a lot of good things happening. We're hearing people talk about it. Uh, from all over the country in places we would not have expected to win. I mean, Oregon is close uh, for governor there. You've got a Senate seat in Washington State that's up for grabs. I mean, these are places six months ago we would have laughed if we said, hey, we think we might could win those races up there. So it's uh, it's a really interesting scenario where you, you've got these candidates that, you know, uh, months ago or a year ago we would have said probably not. But, man, here it looks like um, you're going to have – Really, some some great people all across the nation running and winning. It does look like it could be a tsunami. Uh, so it's uh, it's a very very important time to follow through. Don't listen to that and then say, "Oh, well, then I don't need to show up." No, that's what's causing your showing up is what's causing the tsunami. So if you don't show up, there is no tsunami. I hope that makes sense, folks. Come on, we got to see this through. We got to finish strong. Uh, everybody's got to show up today. So again, like we've said a couple of times, no matter what time it is, as long as it's before seven o'clock, get in line and make sure that you cast that vote. Remember, huge sacrifices for you to have the right to cast that vote. People that gave up years of their lives, many that gave their lives so that we could be free and so that we could vote, so that we could be Caesar. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. And in our nation, you are Caesar, friends. You are the ones that make the decisions about who is going to lead this nation. And as Tim was saying, are we going to be led by the righteous or the wicked? Do we want to keep groaning? I <laughs> like how he said that. You don't need hearing aids to hear the groaning, man. It's all over the place. Do we want to end that and bring back a place of righteousness where our nation once again doesn't just say, God bless America, but our nation blesses God in the way that we live, and there's righteousness in the land once again. We have good policies with good results. This is not complicated. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. Let's put the good stuff in, and that's up to us to make sure that we do that, and we do that by voting. And and let me just reiterate as we're closing out here, as David said, even if every election was rigged, you still have a duty to participate. You still have a duty to go and vote. But that's not the case, folks. I'm telling you, we've done a lot of hard work, a lot of boots on the ground, a lot of election integrity efforts taking place. It doesn't mean there will not be any cheating anywhere. There's always been cheating ever since there's been elections. But it does mean that we're doing a whole lot better and that you don't know for sure what's happening in your neighborhood or your county or your state. So get out there and vote. Let's all do our part. We're believing for great, great victories tonight, but it only happens if we show up and do our part. So I really appreciate all of you that are listening today, being a part of this, and going out and making a difference. Be sure and post on social media. Share this with your friends and family. Let everybody know to let their voice be heard and their values counted. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Wall Builders Program. We stand on this.